I just love what Jacques said about the soaking rain. And I feel like the Holy Spirit has... Let me just take this so I can move on. I feel like the Holy Spirit has already preached the preach through the worship, through the word that Cass... Um, not Cass, Bron, you know, Bron, Cass is Bron, brought earlier. It's exactly kind of what I'm saying today. So he's already preached that. And so as we continue to receive, and you can see it like soaking rain that's just taking everything deeper. You can see it like I really want to encourage you that as we engage with the Word or the Word of God, that you don't take it in mentally, but that having taken it in through your ears or your eyes, you allow that to, like Jesus encouraged us with communion, to eat to drink, to internalize that great truth of what he's done on the cross. I encourage you to eat the word, to drink the word, so that it can internalize, nourish you, change you, transform you, feed you, and, as I say, bring a whole new level of what God wants to do for each one of us in our lives. And so I'm very blessed to have my other half over there um, doing my slides and just helping me keep on track. Kevin Deadman said to us when he visited our church in Munich, um, his word for us was, I have a word for you guys. Vida, you're the train, like charging on, and helmet is the tracks. Knife and fork, train and tracks, the one without the other is not going to work. So... I'm very blessed today, and um, I'm very blessed to be able to share the words. I know I'm just a family voice. Yeah, it's just me, but it's not just me. It's the Holy Spirit, and so I encourage you to hear what the Spirit is saying to you today and to me, because it's always first for you, for oneself, and then for everyone else around us. And so the power of shalom peace. God has been speaking to me about this so powerfully over probably the last two years, in various ways. And um, we all know, we've heard about the word shalom. It's a greeting. It can even seem quite casual because it's like, it means like, hello, can be used for hello, hi there, or goodbye, shalom, shalom. But actually, in its full meaning, it is so powerful, so profound, so rich and meaningful that we probably can never even comprehend its fullness. Um, it was mentioned in the Old Testament 397 times. It's so integral to who God is. Um, and it was used in various contexts. Obviously, first and foremost, the relationship of man to God and God to man. And then also in terms of interactions with other people, the peace, the harmony of God in those interactions, the unity, and even in treaties between nations. So it had wide, wide application and significance. And I think a beautiful, a very powerful example of just God's peace that he imparts to us is in Isaiah. You'll see it up there on the screen. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace all those whose minds are steadfast because they trust 
in you. And I've got shalom, shalom at the bottom because do you know that the word for perfect is also shalom? The word for peace is shalom. I didn't know that. That was just kind of a revelation to me. The perfection of peace is in the shalom of God. The completion There's nothing lacking. It's a supernatural peace. There's not just peace for certain things, not for others. There is a completion and a perfection in the supernatural peace of God, the shalom peace of God. And I love that, that perfect peace, shalom, shalom. And look, it's rooted in trust. And so I want you to see something that's rooted together in absolutely everything. It's already come through so powerfully and it will continue to thread through everything we, we explore today, that trust and faith, say, trust, faith, and shalom peace drives out fear. There is no place for fear. They are the opposite. They are the exact opposite for fear. And I don't know, I didn't research how many times in the Bible God tells us not to fear, but it's not a suggestion. It's like, it's not like, oh, it's okay. Oh, don't be frightened. It's all right. It is like, it is a commandment. It is, do not fear. Because as soon as we slip into, you know, the way the enemy is trying to like just lure us into fear, we, we lose. We lose something. And he's like, I don't want you to. I don't want you to do that. I command you not to be afraid. At the same time, he knows how difficult it is sometimes. But what he has for us is the perfect supernatural peace. It's not a peace we can conjure up. Okay, I won't be afraid. I won't be afraid. It's not one of those. It's like, God, give me that gift. Holy Spirit, bring it into me because it's supernatural. I can't conjure it up. So it's just beautiful. And I want you to keep that in your mind. Shalom, shalom, the perfect peace that comes from that trust. It's beautiful. In the New Testament, wow, there's an explosion of what the shalom peace of God actually means. Um, It's one of the key words and images for salvation in the Bible, but especially in the New Testament because Jesus comes And what he gives us takes shalom peace to a whole new level. I love the words from John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. It's not just peace in general, it's his peace. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let's just hear that to us very personally today. Do not be afraid. His peace he gives to us to live in that peace, not just sometimes to comfort us and kind of be taken as a medicine, but to live in it. And in fact, after the resurrection, when Jesus appears after the resurrection, we're going to look at John 20, right? A couple of verses from John 20. Actually, it's the gospel right there packaged in what he says. What are his first words after the resurrection? Peace be with you. Look at that. 19, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said, peace be with you. 
And it meant more than don't be afraid, because obviously they were terrified. I mean, think, they could be arrested. They didn't know what would happen to them. It was the most terrifying thing ever. What, what's going on, Jesus? You've just been killed on the cross. Like, we never thought this would happen. Terrible insecurity and fear. But when he says, peace be with you, it does mean not be afraid, but it means more. And look, he repeats it again. Again, Jesus said, peace be with me as the Father has sent me. I'm sending you. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came, stood among them, and said, Peace be with you. Repeat, repeat, repeat. And I want to bring this out quite clearly. Shalom, in this context, the peace, shalom, which Jesus imparts, has a whole new level of meaning because what it refers to is the reconciliation of all things to God through the work of Christ on the cross. So something's changed between Old and New Testament. It's like, I've gone to the cross. I've died for you. I've shed my blood for you. You are reconciled to God. And when I speak peace to you, at last, peace has been made through the cross of Christ between man and God. This peace is new level. This is the gospel. This is the gift of the gospel. So let's receive that gift with new intentionality, with new revelation, personalizing that for ourselves today in a new way. It's so powerful. Reconciliation of all things to God through the work of Christ on the cross. The verse that says it all is this. Colossians 1, 19 to 20. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, Christ, and through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace, by making shalom, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. No more separation. The shalom peace of God isn't something that could be imparted to different people or situations. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single one of us can have that peace living right within us. So shalom is experienced in so many ways and so many, on so many levels. It's multidimensional. It's complete well-being, not just in some spiritual sense, you know, and then you go on with the drudgery of like just trying to hang on through all the things of life. It's never meant to be that. It's meant to be completeness, well-being in every way, spiritual, Mental, intellectual, emotional, social, in every single way, spiritual as well as physical. It's, it's huge, huge, huge. And um, I want to break down a little bit what um, shalom means. There we can see peace, harmony, wholeness, wellness, 
Completeness, which we said is the perfection, means perfect as well. Tranquility, prosperity. We heard earlier, I loved that word. Financial crisis, help. God is our provider and he wants us to thrive. And whatever the crisis, whatever the storm, he's going to bring us through. He's not going to leave you hanging. He's never going to let us down. And I want to proclaim that over us today because it is truth. We can't base our belief, our feelings, our reactions on some of the traumas we've experienced. I mean, we'd be finished if we did that. We base it on the truth of what he's promised. And and in so many ways, the revelation and to trust in the things he wants to reveal to us as our inheritance, as something he's given us. It's a gift he's already given us. We just want to unpack that more and more in terms of the life we live. So shalom with all these different aspects actually doesn't sound like heaven, doesn't sound like Eden, right? And you know, every human being, it seems, has had a longing for Eden ever since the time when it was, when we lost what God created in Eden. Um, There was something lost. There was a separation after the fall in Eden. But we have not lost the longing for those things. We're supposed to have, everybody longs for that fulfillment, that sense of fruitfulness, of thriving, of being able to enjoy a sense of delight and satisfaction in our lives, the joy and peace of heaven, no matter what. We long for that. We long actually back to Eden because it was lost. We were created to live in Eden. And um, when that was lost, the longing has never, never left us And you can read in Revelations, we're not going to go there, but if you want to, you can look up Revelation 22 and see how the Lord is going to fulfill that in absolute fullness in every kind of way. But I want to say today, we're not waiting for the one day, because Jesus has already brought that to us. Jesus has restored the wholeness of Eden. Jesus is the Prince of Peace He himself is our shalom peace, living inside us by his spirit. He himself is shalom peace, and he has restored what was broken in Eden. When he died on the cross, he restored what was broken. The relationship between God and man was broken. Man started to hide, to run away, because the relationship was broken. But Jesus has restored that unity between us and the Lord. There's reconciliation between God and man. And not only like the reconciliation is, okay, I forgive you your sins. Now here's your ticket to heaven. Like have a nice life. It's not like that. He's like, I am going to live inside you. You're born again by my spirit. You reconcile to me by my spirit. And I myself want to live right inside of you. And that's how we're going to do this thing. We're going to do it together. There's no distance between you and me anymore. He is at our rear guard. He is leading us. He is by our side. He is holding our hand, but he's also right inside us by his spirit. And um, I've actually brought along a glove because 
I felt like we needed to actually maybe see it. What he's done when he reconciled us, it's like it's God is inside us. He is the hand and we are the glove. And that is what the partnership is like. It's not like, you know, look, if my hand was, okay, you've seen it inside now, so I hope that visual image sticks. It's not like, okay, I'm, I'm going to help you. Like, let's see. Okay, do you want to, you're going to do this. You're going to go there. And then he's outside just helping us. He is. He surrounds us. He's outside. He's behind, in front of us. He's everywhere. But he's also inside. He's the power inside. So the prince of shalom peace is not just sort of helping us a little bit, partnering like this. Okay, carry on. Yeah, that's good. That's good. He's inside us. I mean, I think we have a revelation, but I think that revelation needs to go deeper, certainly for me. I just want that to sink deeper and deeper and deeper into every aspect of my life because I think it's revolutionary. I really do believe that. Christianity is not where we follow the teachings of Jesus and then we try and implement them in our lives. It is the spirit of the living God, the word and the spirit of the living God living inside us, moving us, empowering us. And the shalom peace of God is meant to reside right inside of us. And that's just a beautiful state of being. Um, People sometimes think, you know, when you talk about peace, especially if you like meditation and so on, like I do meditating on the word, they think it's kind of, okay, it's for these types, you know? Um, these types who like to sort of have a spiritual spa and sort of ob out and just to be heavenly minded, live in a kind of a la-la land and float. You know, we are getting on with the real things of life, they might think. It is not an elusive encounter. It's not a, like an emotional state. It's not sort of something we slip into to feel like we've had some kind of heavenly spa. There are those times when we draw aside and we do have those amazing like encounters of whatever um, the Lord is doing and wanting to do. We need to draw aside. We need to have those rhythms in our life. But the shalom peace of God, I believe this with all my heart, with Jesus inside us needs to be that peace that is there, even if we're going through a very busy time, even if we're very active, even if we've got to complete a project or do something or life is hectic or chaos is going mad around us, we can experience and carry that peace. It's all about that personal, intimate relationship with him where peace and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it comes only by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It comes only by the fullness of the Spirit expressing itself, himself, in our lives. Spirit and the Word, powerful, active, and that's what makes shalom real. That's what manifests in the everyday nitty-gritty. So thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Let's just drink more of his presence into the very core of our lives. So we were talking about this longing. We all long for it. Everyone talks about it. Christians and non-Christians, everyone wants peace. I want peace. I want tranquility. I'm so stressed out, etc. We have these desires, and it can very well result in our striving to attain all these beautiful things that we looked at 
in our own strength. The mistake of striving for shalom peace in wrong ways, wrong places, and actually coming up with a counterfeit peace. Everyone's looking for peace. Everyone's anxious. Everyone's stressed out. There's always something. And there are these little Buddhas and everything. And I was like, oh, the lotus flowers, the beautiful scents. And let me tell you, I mean, I love beautiful scents. But really, um, all these things are not the answer. Raw foods, lovely, you know, all the health things, they are wonderful. Helps. You know, not the Buddhas, but... Um, <laughs> but all the things people run after. And I'm just going to explore or chat about it a little bit. Um, and I think, actually, if you're honest, you will see some of those things in your own life. God spoke to me once. He said, why are you always going onto Google? Google's very helpful, even with biblical studies. But he's like, too much looking on social media. It's going to tell you you've got to look like this, you've got to eat this, you've got to be like that, you've got to measure this. What are you? That is not where you have to look for the answer. You know, you're leaning into it. Those things are helpful, but they're not the answer. Okay, so um, in striving for these things, which are things God wants us to experience in our life, we can be grappling and searching for a counterfeit peace. And because we're leaning into that and looking to that as our source, See if we can recognize some of these mindsets and attitudes about that perhaps little mistake we make occasionally. We can strive for it by, okay, see if you relate to this. One day when everything on my to-do lists is ticked off, I'll be able to really take a rest and I'll be able to feel so relieved right? We've all got the to-do list. It's like, now I have to complete it because if, when I've done that, then I'll be able to sleep well. I'll be able to have peace of mind. Okay. I'm sure we all recognize that. Um, essential and eventual satisfaction will only be mine when I have more than enough money. When I have more than enough money for everything I dream of doing and wanting, it's going to be fine. My life is going to be, like, great. And I can just... Now I can enjoy myself. Related? Yeah? Hmm? When I reach ultimate success and recognition in my job, you know, and all these things are things that God wants us to do, but like when people recognize me, when they applaud me, when they realize like how, how valuable I am, or when I reach that certain position, I'm, I'm striving for that, striving for that. Of course, we should be excellent in everything we do. God wants us to have those things. But when we're striving for them and thinking that they are going to give us that satisfaction, that release, that fulfillment. Even this last one, I mean, God loves us to dream and he loves us to look for the fulfillment, especially of dreams he has for us. But it can be like, when my big dream in life is fulfilled, or even when my big prophecies are fulfilled in my life, when all that I dream of and want for my life and my ministry when that is fulfilled. I mean, God has said this. He's, look at all the prophetic words, and they're like big, and they're going to be amazing. When that happens, wow, I'm going to just ride. I'm going to feel so good. I'm going to find peace. And so while these things are things that God wants for us, he wants for us. Success, 
dreams fulfilled, prophecies fulfilled. But when we start striving for that and looking to that, and we're no longer looking to him as our source, resting and leaning on him, we're going to get a counterfeit peace, if peace at all, actually. So I think all of us, when we look into our own hearts and lives, we can, we can find some of this. And then we, won't, we can only find true peace if Jesus, Prince of Shalom peace, is at the center of our hearts and lives. He is where Shalom is. He gives us Shalom. He himself is our Shalom. Sink that into our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. And just let's pause for a minute or two. Just ask Holy Spirit to put his finger on places in our hearts and lives where we've been seeking the peace, the fulfillment, the joy, the satisfaction, the release from stress and anxiety in different ways, maybe in wrong ways, or places just of our own desire to strive to get it, to control our lives, manipulate things so that we can attain it. Let's just release that to him today. Holy Spirit, just put your beautiful, loving, gentle fingers on places where we are striving, where we're operating in control or manipulation, where we're seeking solutions and satisfaction in things that are not you. We know you're a good, good, good father. You want all these things for us, but you, you're the source. You're the savior. You're the prince of peace, Jesus. We honor you, we exalt you today. And we know, Spirit, when you show us things that are not right, it's not like you're giving us a little smack or a whack. You're saying, my child, no, look, this is the better way. This is the better way. Come to me. Surrender this to me. And you'll find I'm the giver of all good gifts, including heavenly peace and joy. And I must add here, lest I'm misinterpreted. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with medication. I thank God for all the pills that help me. With counseling, with therapy, all the tools that help us, there's nothing wrong with that. But in a sense, if we pick up on the picture with the boat, it's like the bucket that helps us bail out the water. It's not the thing that stops the storm and brings peace. They are tools. Jesus is always the answer. No matter what, he is the one. Then I want to just address the dark valleys. Many have been through seriously dark valleys, trauma, crises, many, many stressful, hectically stressful situations. Pain, grief, loss. What about those? Emmanuel, God with us. 
even in the valleys of darkness and tears. Even in the valleys of darkness and tears. And sometimes it's really challenging to find that peace, that heavenly peace and joy in those times. Let's look at Psalm 23. David knew how to do this. (laughs) Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There they all are. But you anoint my head with oil and my cup, not like I've still got a few sips left here. My cup overflows. And you know, in David's life, he could sleep with the enemies, the army, the army surrounded him, and he could go to sleep. Come on, who, who of us can't sleep even when we've got a few troubling thoughts? Let's admit it. Come on, God wants more for us. The David who knew how to face the scary bear, the scary lion, the scary giant, God taught him this deep, deep peace that he could sleep with armies surrounding him. And so it's kind of a literal experience in his life as well as this beautiful poetry. Enemies, I know you're there. It's okay. My cup overflows. The goodness of God, the peace of God is with me, even in those dark, 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 dark valleys. And just coming back briefly to David, of course we have emotions. We're human. We, we live in a natural world. We have emotions. We feel all those different things. Um, but David knew how to pour out his heart to God, but to land in that good place of peace. And we'll look at that again just briefly in a minute. So even in these places, the valley of tears and darkness, he's there. Psalm 84, 6, written by the sons of Korah, I think, not David. But it says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, that means the valley of tears. They make it a place of springs. Springs, life. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. And in the biblical notes, it it actually tells us that those pools can be translated blessings. They are pools of blessings, pools of refreshment, springs of life and peace and joy, even in the valley of tears. So beautiful. We just take hold of that for our lives. Shalom peace is a powerful spiritual weapon when we are centered in Jesus, when the storms of life come. Emmanuel, God with us. We had a a very bad experience. I think it was two Christmases ago. But before that happened, the Lord was saying to me over and over again in many unusual ways, um, I'm with you. I am with you. He is with us. 
and it was repeated and repeated. In fact, I was in somebody's house just as a guest, and I'd get up, and I'd be, I can't believe it. Somebody's left a thing writing there, God is with you, right on the floor in front of me. It just kept coming, kept coming. And then things went pear-shaped. There were financial challenges. There were physical challenges. We actually, oh, we were mugged. Uh, oh, they didn't take the phone, but were mugged, and Kirstie was scratched on her arms, and there was so much fear. And God's like, what did I say to you? I am with you. And there even was a literal storm with hail on us. He was with us. And at the time, that was right, he stopped that. He turned things around. But he wants us to know, not only like when we are panicking, but before, he is always with us. And it's a powerful spiritual weapon to know that. Um, it, it's just such an important truth because sometimes we think that spiritual warfare is only sort of like, ah, you know, going and pacing up and down. And I'm not saying that isn't sometimes appropriate. Obviously it is. But peace, shalom peace, to be rooted in that is one of the most important, I think, one of the most powerful, perhaps, spiritual weapons that there can be. So I'd like us to read now to look at, actually I think Bron mentioned, yes she did, she mentioned the storm. And that's the scripture we're going to look at. It's going to be a central metaphor for today. Uh, Let's look at Mark chapter 4 verses 35 to 41. Let's look at that together. Very well known. But as I read, I ask you to Take this and apply it personally to your life. Imagine yourself in that storm. Imagine the boat of your life in that storm. The challenges of the storms that you face, the fears, the overwhelming circumstances, even the demonic attacks. Imagine that. Hold that in your mind. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you that as applied to you. Let the Holy Spirit speak very personally to our hearts. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. What was Jesus going to do on the other side? Do you recall? He was going to cast out a demonic horde that had been terrorizing that area for who knows how long. He was going to set those captives running, those, those demons and all the people who'd been captive to that. He was going to set them free. So he was bringing freedom to the people and he was going to rebuke and send away those demons. So the storm isn't just natural. Sometimes there are storms of life, they are just storms of life. But this was demonic. He was trying to keep him from doing what he was meant to do and intent on doing. So let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall, storm, came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up. He rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Quiet, 
be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? (laughs) They were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. If you look again, there's so much in this particular account. In the storms of life when we are nearly swamped and faced with overwhelming odds against us and we just can't cope, maybe it's even a life-threatening situation. Lord, we can identify with this on so many levels, Lord God, and we ask for a new revelation, Holy Spirit, of your peace, your shalom peace, Jesus, to find a new, deeper place in our lives. We want to host your presence and your shalom peace, no matter what. We intentionally ask for that today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So who, let's look at who is in our boats sometimes when when storms come and they do, let's have a look. And as we, we mentioned David a bit earlier, um, of course, God knows our emotions and he loves us to pour out his, our hearts to him. And I mean, look at the kind of things David said. God, my God, come and save me. This is Psalm 69. These floods of trouble have risen higher and higher. The water is up to my neck. I'm sinking into the mud with no place to stand. And I'm about to drown in the storm. I'm weary. I'm exhausted with weeping. My throat is dry. My voice is gone. My eyes are all swollen with sorrow. And I'm waiting for you, God, to come through to me. Ever feel like that? Do you ever say that to God? Come on, God wants us to be real. We don't have to come all religious when we pray and try and pretend that we're not feeling what we're feeling. Emotions are real. And he wants us to pour out our hearts to him. But David always landed in that place of praising God, knowing his goodness, trusting the Father, knowing that the goodness and mercy of God follow him all the days of his life and even in the en- with enemy, enemies around him. He is so loved and provided for. And the peace is real in his heart. And so... Who is in your boat? Let's just ask ourselves that today. Panic, fear, rejection, confusion, doubt, disappointment, despair, even cynicism sometimes, anger. Can unpack that a little bit? So we're like, of course, these emotions that we express to God, they're valid. But we don't want to land in that place. We don't want to carry these as cargo in our boat. We don't want to carry this through life. Yes, we feel it, and we give it to God, and we land in his goodness and in his peace. So panic. And to some things we sometimes say, where are you, God? Why is this happening to me, to us? I'm traumatized. I can't cope. I can't bear this anymore. It's too much. (laughs) You don't really love me. You don't. Otherwise, you wouldn't have allowed this. How? 
dare you, God? How dare you? I've trusted you. I've declared this. I've, how dare you? The disappointment that says, I'm never going to get through this. He's abandoned me. I can't survive this. I can't. And cynicism, hmm. Yeah, you can't really rely on God. You know, I'm just, I'm kind of done with that for a while. Right? Anyone ever heard this or said this or thought this? We recognize that. And you know what? Tell God, like David did, tell him how you feel. And then receive once again that shalom, please, that peace that resides in you. Just go deep. Under all the waves of emotion is the current of his peace, of his love. Just let him pull you into the current of his love and his peace so that that is what you live in. That's your default setting. That's where you're living in, that place. And that is what you are carrying, the presence of Jesus, the tangible peace of his presence the assurance and confidence in him. My friends, this is not human. This is not really natural. I mean, we can't do that really. But we don't live a natural life because we have the supernatural Jesus living inside us. Like that hand in the glove, he's living inside us. And when we partner him with him, he is that hand of power in the glove, the hand of peace, the hand of joy, he, that hand that gifts us with everything he's died to give us, the fullness of shalom peace, as we saw it described. So beautiful. And then he stands up. In his timing, as we trust him, he will stand up and he will speak to that storm. And he will turn it around because he does. He turns around circumstances and situations. He does. We have the breakthrough. Things do change because he speaks to that situation. He speaks to that um, opposition, that trauma, that whatever. He will change it. But we have to trust him even in the storm. Peace, be still. You just read that. That's what he said. Quiet, be still. But we need to hear that inner voice even in the storm. It's, it's an interesting thing. Just look at what Jesus says to the disciples who are there, who are freaking out, as we can well imagine and relate to. When he speaks to them, he doesn't say, okay, friends, hi, why didn't you guys wake me earlier? If you'd woken me up earlier, then, you know, I could have sorted the storm out and, and then it would have been okay. He says to them, why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith. It's like, guys, the whole time you could have not feared and had faith. Otherwise, you wouldn't say that. And the whole time that the storm's been going on, you could have had that peace. You could have had that faith. You didn't need to be so afraid. You didn't need to be so afraid. And I just find that beautiful and amazing. But the disciples say, hmm, who is this? They know him. They've been with Jesus. 
Jesus has done miracles for them before, but they're like, who is this? And I asked a little class of, you know, kids, church people, so um, why did the disciples get so scared? They're like, oh, the storm, the waves, the this, the that. And then one of them said, because they didn't know him. Right, they didn't know him. They did know him, but they didn't. And sometimes it's like that for us. We know him, we know him. But Jesus, Holy Spirit, we want to know you deeper. We want to know you so well that we can trust you whatever is going on. We want to recognize your voice. Sometimes there's so many voices, we can't even hear you, though you're talking all the time. Sometimes people say to me, I've asked you three times whether you want tea. I'm like, what? I don't hear you. But if it's a voice you know very well, when Helmut says tea, I know he's going to bring me tea. I'm like, yes, please. Um, tuning into the voice that we know so well, knowing that his character, we can one 100% trust him. Lord, help us to all know you at a deeper place today. Faith, trust, peace in the midst of the storm. And then a final point about the power of shalom peace. We've said it is a hugely powerful spiritual weapon. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We know, we know that. We know that it's only his weapons that have the power to demolish the strongholds. And I want us to focus on the weapon of the peace of God, the peace of God, can transform chaos. It can transform our mind sets, the thoughts that circle, repeat, repeat, the emotions that are triggered by every trauma, just another, another top-up of the trauma and stress. They can defeat those things. Um, just a little testimony I remember Helmut, because I believe God wants to heal people here today, physically healing as well, not only healing hearts and mindsets, but healing people from traumas, but also healing bodies. Um, Helmut had stage four cancer about 15 years ago, 13, 15 years ago, and um, he'd just come out of surgery, and he was in that room. There was such darkness and oppression in that room. I mean, obviously the pain, intense pain, and then this darkness, right, Helmut? That just was upon you. I mean, he wouldn't even let anyone into the room. It was just so dark. Okay, friends, let's, because we all minister to each other. We support each other in these times, don't we? That's the body of Christ. It's also God's provision for us. Got the worship team. Well, they were good friends of ours. Bring the guitar. He was in a private ward, so we could do this. Bring the guitar. Let's go. I think there were three of us. We're going to sing over him. He lay there in that bed. There was nothing medically that changed. Nothing in his physical position that changed, but we just released such 
worship the light of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the shalom peace, which is well-being, completion, healing, all the provisions of God for him. The cloud lifted. He needed no treatment for his cancer. God healed his cancer. He's had checks throughout the, 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 all these years. Put up your hand, baby. You're healed. <laughs> God can do it. So I share that today because I really believe God is going to heal people physically. God's going to heal you. <laughs> um, and those struggling with trauma because it's like trigger, trigger, trigger. And the, it, it just, that's like the place where you live, just the trauma and the stress all the time. And he's going to break that. Um, from the inside out. Because often we wait. We're like, God, where's your peace? Where's your, like, I'm looking. The circumstances look the same. The storm's still going on. I really believe he wants to heal us inside because if he heals us inside, that's going to last. That's going to be a, something that you carry. Something that you live with. Jesus with us. His shalom peace in us. Trust Jesus in your storm. Trust his powerful shalom peace to bring down the enemy. There are going to be more storms. I promise you. It actually says, in the world you'll have trouble. It's, it says that. So we shouldn't be amazed because we will have troubles and storms. But when he's with us and in us, it's an inside peace. And then we know that he's also going to change the outside circumstances and seasons we're in. And so... Jesus in our boat. And here, we're going to land here today. We ourselves are boats. So it's coming a little bit closer. First, it was the boat of our life. Bring it right down to you. You yourself are a boat. You're a vessel. And you carry something. I say to myself often, Jesus, you're in my boat. Right down to the personalization of your own body and soul. Jesus is in our boat. We carry him in our boat. We are the vessels that carry his presence. And we've talked about rest. Rest is not passivity or inaction. Rest is a place our soul lives because Jesus lives with us in that inner sanctum of our inner being, our whole, our heart, our spirit, our soul, our mind. Jesus lives there with us. And um, we carry that presence and that, and that peace. And I love this quotation. I actually can't remember where I got it from. But we have power over the storm that we can sleep through. And um, it doesn't mean we have to sleep and sleep and sleep when there's storms and things happening. But it's like we can rest. We're not worrying, worrying, worrying our prayers. You know how we can worry our prayers? Oh, God, God, help me in this sister. And actually we're worrying. All the time we're worrying, worrying, worrying. We can rest. I bring it to you. I rest in you. I can even be busy about my life doing this, doing that. But I'm resting in you. And I love that. We have power over the storm. There is power. Jesus is the one who obviously has the power. 
But that is a place of victory and power because we're resting in his power, in his victory, in what he's done for us. Does that make sense? Is that a confusing sentence? Helmut thought it was a little bit confusing. But does that make sense to you that we have victory and power in Jesus if we're able to rest in the storm? Does that make sense? Does that ring true? Okay. And uh, I just want to comment a little bit about carrying his presence. It's never, what God does in our lives is never just for us. And I want you to know that when you carry that peace inside you, it doesn't matter what's happening or what you're facing, when you carry that inside you, you can sometimes enter somebody's home and you just feel the peace. You know, man of peace in the city. Um, there's a scripture that says, look for the man of peace in the city and stay in that home, stay in that house. There are people who are peace, men, women of peace in the city. You can sometimes enter a home and people are like, oh, I just feel so peaceful in your house. I don't want to leave. I, feel, I just feel the peace of God here. Or sometimes they don't express it like that. They don't know God, but they just say, oh, so peaceful. Uh, other times God, uh, people see that in you. I think I've mentioned this before. I once was just having a meal in a restaurant. And um, I mean, I'm a, quite an exuberant, loud person. I'm not like a personality. That's just like soft and peaceful. Um, and it's not about personality, as I've said before. It's about the Spirit of God in you. And this young teenager said, I have never met such a peaceful person. So it wasn't like I was just doing a meditation. We were eating and talking and being exuberant. I've never met such a peaceful person. I wish I could have that peace. I'm like not a believer, Jewish actually, but I'm like actually you can have that peace. So now I think next week or maybe the following one is coming and we're going to pray together because I'm like Jesus is that peace. You can also have that peace. We want to carry that peace so that others are like, whoa, I feel the peace. What is the peace? What are you eating? What are you drinking? That's what I want. Oh, I'm G it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Okay. Um, so we want to carry it. We want to carry it into the world. And I'm praying, the prayer of my heart is to carry that more and more and more. And um, so I'm going to share the last verse with you. And then I'm going to ask Pitt, um, and maybe you want to join him, Marissa, I don't know to come up and just play worship music for us. And if you are saying, I want healing today, then you can put up your hand. Or if you're saying, you know what, I want to carry that more. I want an anointing actually to carry this because it's all from the Holy Spirit, not something you can, we can conjure up. I want an anointing to carry that. I want to be a vessel that carries that peace that everyone is like, oh, I've been searching for peace, but there, I can see it. I feel it. I want it. Um, so whatever you're wanting to do today, that you can trust God for that. Um, and we will, and somebody will come and just pray for you where you're at. You can just put up your hand. And because um, I want us to all go away with a deeper revelation, with a more intentional inviting of the Holy Spirit to bring this at a deeper level into our lives. And... Uh, I just think that for others who just want to quietly commune with the Lord during this worship, we're just going to invite you.
to commune with him as we listen to the song or sing it. Yeah, you can sing it or you can just listen to it. So let me give you the last scripture. Everything I have taught you is so that the peace which is in me, Jesus, will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. But you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. And the one who has conquered trouble, who has conquered every storm, is the one who lives inside us. And he says, everything I've taught you is so that you'll have that peace. Jesus wants it for you. Jesus has given it to you. We want to unpack that whole package in our lives. Thank you, Kate. So, Lord, I just pray for everyone here today. Lord, I pray that we'll be encouraged to receive more because there's so much that you have for us. There's so much more. There's so much deeper to go. We want to carry your peace. We want to experience it tangibly. We want to experience the peace of the Spirit in such a tangible way and we want to carry it in our life. We want it to be our default setting. And we want it to overflow into the lives of others who say, oh, I can smell it. I can, I can feel it. I want to taste more of that. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this incredible gift. Just open ourselves to more of you and the shalom peace you bring into our lives. Pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.